I'm your host, Stephanie Martinez Rivera, and you are listening to the Joy Found Here podcast. I am obsessed with reminding my fellow mamas, queens, badass babes, ladies and girls that perfection is just a word, not a lifestyle. Multitasking is overrated. Comparison is a theft of happiness. And yes, you can put yourself first. Oh, and by the way, for optimum results, you should. I'm a New York girl from a small town, part-time badass, proud mama bear times three. I've seen 60 full turns of the sun. I've learned the importance of how kindness begins with you and your self-talk. Join us each week as we help you navigate both the messy and the magical season of this crazy ride called life. Real stories that remind us to reclaim your power. The sun does come out after the shitstorm. A good cry can be cleansing and We really don't know who sits on top of the mountain of judgment. Sit back, plug in, fill up your cup. This is your time. Remember, you've always had the power. Welcome to Joy Found Here. Hello again and welcome back to another episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. Yes, yes, yes. Again, you're welcome even before it begins. We are so lucky today to have Erica DK with us. She is the principal designer at Erica O Designs. Sounds like, ooh, what are we going to talk about? Well, not what you might think. Okay, design giveaway, perhaps. But she's got a little background with business analysis. I love someone who's data-driven because this girl is not. And I love the way a data-driven mind works because then all the pieces start to just fit together right before your eyes. And I just need to know the whole background and what drives it. So Erica, now another interesting tidbit why I really wanted to talk to her is she's designing vacation rentals and obviously residential spaces as well for busy professionals. So we're going to talk about the importance of a really nice Airbnb, which I know we've all been to them. And you look around and you're like, wow, this is, I can't wait to come back to this one. And it probably makes a really big difference in the success of that particular unit. Yes, we're going to hear some insights and techniques, and we're going to definitely pick her brain. By the way, she also has a podcast. Okay. Hey, Erica, we're going to check that out as well. And I want to know how we're going to go from drab to fab. So with that, I say thank you so much for being here and welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to share everything that I know or as much as possible. We'll get right go. Let's go. Let's go. So I always start with, tell us about you anywhere you want to start. Okay. So I'm not a formally trained designer. I've just always had an eye for design. Um, I actually went to school for MIS, which is Management Information Systems. So pretty techie, pretty um, systems driven. Right out of college, I worked at NASA which was my first and only corporate job. So yeah, I guess. Wow. (laughs) That's a nice resume, says the HR professional. Go on. When I was there, I learned how to pretty much use, make my degree something that I could use. I learned how to create systems out of nothing. So my project when I was there was pretty much, we had a new like ticket system for if you had any issues with your laptops, monitors, Mm -hmm. whatever. 
And I was to develop a system to implement that. Imagine me, young me, the youngest mm-hmm. one there, and everyone's mm-hmm. set in their ways. We've been doing something this way this whole time, and now you're trying to teach me, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. It was difficult, but I think working there, it taught me two things. One, people are scared of change. And also busy professionals, they don't have time for like designing their own spaces. That's not something they think about. They're just mm-hmm. working and then coming back home. And I found that that had an effect on how they performed and how they, you know, treated people and just their personality overall. You could tell who had a space at home to decompress and who mm. carried the next day stress with them back to work. And so just talking to everyone and listening to Around Christmas time, everyone was like, oh, I hate having guests. I was like, why do you hate having guests? You know, that's the fun mm. of love posting and putting stuff together. So just taking all of that in, it was also really far. So it was two hours from where I lived at the time. And so that was kind of when I was like, let me get my own Airbnb so I could stay there during the week because it's closer to work. And then on the weekends, I can list it. So when I did that, I found that it was always booked and I ended up not ever really staying there. So I was like, you know what? I think there's something I'm doing in the way I'm designing the spaces, the way I'm creating the designs and implementing it. So I was able to design an entire just one bedroom apartment in a weekend only because I would create a system. So I would design the spaces virtually and then I would purchase it. So it wasn't that I was spending every day picking a piece here. I was just creating this system and I was figuring out what attracted people and just, you know, it's just a really a combination of everything. And now here I am, fast forward, I think it's about four years now since I left mm. NASA and I design spaces for busy professionals. So this looks like investors, doctors, lawyers, just people who they want a passive form of income, but they don't have the time to do it. Or they want a space that, you know, they're probably the first people in their family to be successful. And they've seen these homes, beautiful homes on TV, but they're like, I have no idea how to do it. No time, mm-hmm. to, but I have the money. So I was like, hey, I can do this for you in four to six weeks. And who doesn't love a quick turnaround, especially during COVID? A lot of traditional designers, they had that setback of, oh, your sofa is on the container. We don't know when we're going to get mm-hmm. it. And you just get clients that are upset, like, hey, I want my stuff now. So I was like, I can stand out by letting you know you don't have to wait that long. There's other ways to design your space quickly. And um, now here I am. And that's just kind of what I do. And I think I'm really good at doing it because of my system background. Okay. What don't I love? Nothing. I love it all because, I mean, you recognized a niche right away. But even go back before that and being on the younger side in your first job, as you say, and you see these, your coworkers who most people won't get that part that they don't have the refuge to go home to. They don't have their little sacred place that it's your haven. It it doesn't have to be a whole house. It could be your bedroom. It could be that empty room where you listen to music or just read a little reading corner, a nook. They didn't have anything like that. And especially, and it's so interesting, I mean, at a place like NASA, where your brain is constantly working at the highest level at all times, or hopefully it is, 
<laughs> and just to take a walk out, something, have a little bistro set on your patio just to sit outside, get a little fresh air, watch the neighbors walk or listen to the birds. It is so important. And so many people, we take it for granted, yeah. especially if you have such a you know little setup and it can start small. You had, what did you say? A one bedroom apartment. And where do you begin? You've got this empty space and then you say you design it virtually, like just things that make you smile? Well, I do Airbnb vacation rentals and residentials. And Mm -hmm. I I approach both a little differently, but the same. So my vacation rentals, that's really where I bring in the data because hospitality design is not just like, oh, this looks good. We're also wanting spaces that are profitable. So I focus on what I call as my designing for dollars formula, which is just focusing on the target market. I do a lot of properties in the Poconos, for example. I know that when people go into Poconos, sometimes it's multi-generational groups, grandma, grandpa, and most times they're going there to get away from the busy city. So I need to incorporate things in the home that will attract people and keep them entertained without even leaving. They may leave to go outside, do the kayaking stuff, but I don't want you to feel like you have to. And thinking about that and putting those people in mind when I'm designing that space, I'm able to ultimately create this unique experience that is going to attract different groups, but they're all coming for that same experience. So you're able to get that five-star review regardless of who's coming because you have a specific target market in mind, a specific experience in mind, and you kept that in mind when you were picking pieces. If we're wanting to charge a certain number, I always ask, how much are you wanting to charge per night? Once I get that number, I'm going to do what I call a value add. So I'm not necessarily going to pick super expensive pieces for luxury, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to pick pieces that a luxury client coming for this specific experience, what would they want? What are the amenities that are in there? So there's a formula for me when I'm designing vacation rentals. For my residential spaces, there's still kind of a formula, but I go based off of like experience. I'm really big on designing for experience. So I always like to ask, how do you want to feel in this space? Because Mm. how you feel is going to dictate the type of sofa we're going to get in your living room, the size, the texture. You know, if you want to feel really business-like, then maybe you want a leather sofa. But if you want something that's relaxing and serene, then you may want like something really plush, a cloud sofa or something like that. I don't really do like styles. I think if you look at a lot of my work, you will see that each space is tailored to the unique reason for that space. So if I'm designing somewhere for a doctor, I'm not going to be like, oh, industrial, glam, that doctor specific style. So when you walk into that space, it reflects what he or she has been through, where they're wanting to go, how they're wanting to feel. I like to layer textures, colors. So even if that's not your specific style, I feel like everybody appreciates all the spaces I design because it's a feeling. It's not really a look. It's like, I appreciate being in this space in this moment, even if this is, I wouldn't choose that sofa for myself. Love that. And it's so funny because most people, unless they've had a conversation with you and and have had the, you know, luck and good fortune to have had you design something because most people, this is what we're going for. 
And it is, it is something that maybe it was a Pinterest board and maybe it was this, and it seems like all the pieces are put together. And I had someone, because when I do window treatments, I had someone that had bought a dining room set from Ethan Allen, classic, okay, very nice. And they wanted to literally replicate the showroom. So they wanted the same window treatments that were there, et cetera. And uh, it's just like, uh uh-huh, I'm listening because I know (laughs) how much Ethan Allen is. And then I get a phone call a couple months later and they're like, you're never going to believe how much they want for them. I'm like, oh, let me guess. Uh Uh-huh. I can tell you that. You know, it doesn't have to be that much and you can still show me a picture or we can make it. And that part is important to some people, but never once did they say, I want this to feel like Sunday did never once. I want the look. Exactly. When they think of designers, they think of, I'm not able to create this space that I'm seeing, but I like how it looks. But what happens when you replicate a space or like copy something is you Mm. feel disconnected from that space because Mm. spaces were designed around if it's a showroom, nobody's needs. But if it's on Pinterest, like that space was designed based on how that room looks, that family lives there, like it's not going to be the same for you. And especially for my clients who are busy professionals, if you look a lot at my work, I love colors, patterns, textures. As a busy professional, our needs are a lot different from the average person. So while those neutral, you know, minimalist spaces look really nice, for a busy professional, those walls, the plain colors, your brain will look at it like a notepad. So when you're at home and Mm. you're looking at flat things, you're thinking about, oh, did I send that email? Mm -hmm. I think it was that deal. But when you design a space that has life in it, the patterns, the color, you are distracted. So when you get home, you won't think about the email. You'll just be like, wow, I really love that painting and these pillows. That wallpaper is great. There's something to appreciate. It forces your brain to take a break. And that's why I really like to stress to my clients, like, I know this is trendy. I know this is popular, but trust me, it's not going to meet your needs. So I'm really big on designing for experience because as a busy professional, I know that we have a lot of responsibilities. And when you get home or even this is my home office, I like to see colors and patterns and not think about the bad client I just had or something like, like, I want to be like, oh, you really love this curtain. And then I wake up Mm -hmm. and tomorrow I'll tackle that client again. So that's my thing about copying. I think you should design something that reflects you. So when you're in the space, you feel grounded. And again, it just goes really back to feeling. And I don't think most people shop with that in mind. And even as you say, we'll buy a piece. Okay, well, here's the piece. And then I've had people like, well, it started with the painting, or it started with the pillow or the table or the artifact. And then, boom, here comes the whole room and all the power to them. Yet, if you, in your case, saw like, hey, here's what it could look like, Or do you like this? Do you like that? And then when you see it totally done, even before it comes to life, that has to be the fun part. Now, I'm all about instant gratification. And then also, I find that a lot of people don't have the ability for the vision. (laughs) You 
are interesting because you have your analytical side where it obviously fills you a lot. And yet you have this creative, crazy side that normally you've got such a good balance of your yin and your yang. How the hell did you hit that lottery? You know, I really don't know. I think I've always had like an analytical side, but I never had to use it. So when I got the idea to have these quick turnarounds, you know, you have Mm. a lot of moving pieces and you have to create a system so that you can do these things quickly without dropping the ball on the quality or just the overall end result. I still want to produce a room that feels great. Not like, you know, we only had four weeks. I don't want you to think that. I think my creative side, like the colors, it comes from my culture. So Mm -hmm. I'm Nigerian. And in my culture, we have fabrics, colors, Mm -hmm. like vibrant. You're talking to a sewer. I know. I know. Exactly. Yes. Yes. There's so much fun. Yeah. So I think just there was no way I could leave color and creativity behind. Like, it's just something we've always done. Like, for example, our clothing is not something you can go to the store and buy. Of course, they have some boutiques that already have some ready-made pieces, but each time you have to create a style. You'd be like, oh, I like these sleeves with this skirt and peplum top. But like you said, you sew. So I know you've sewn quite a few. Like- I actually made a Nigerian outfit for a woman at the time and loved the fabric, just had so much fun working with it. And honestly, you can't help but smile. Exactly. So I wanted to bring my sense of self because for a while I kind of had like a chip on my shoulder like oh my gosh I'm not a real designer but then I was like Mm. well I'm not be a real designer but I'm me so let me try to just be me and see who resonates with that because I know I'm a busy professional and I know I appreciate the color and the patterns and just having everything done still really organized, not having to micromanage. When clients come to me, they know I'm going to take care of everything from beginning to end. So we have like that project management side, the analytical side, like everything is kind of packaged for you. So you can still be busy, but you'll still get that wow space. So I don't know how I balance it really. I don't even know how to turn it on and off. It's just like there. (laughs) It's just there. It's just just me. I'm not sure. So when you realize you've got your Airbnb, you had an itch. Obviously, you work at NASA, but you probably knew early on, you're like, this is good for now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, you know, this isn't, I'm not getting the watch from these guys and this will be fine until, and again, you tapped in so early in your career. Love that. Because so many people, they check their boxes. They follow the path that was other people's opinions. And, you know, well, the I went to college, so I have to, I did this, I did this, I did this. And you wake up, you get your awakening to be like, gosh, not what I wanted at all. And then the breakaway happens. So when you scratch the itch, I mean, almost right away. Yeah. I think the whole time I was working there, I always was like, for example, I was telling my mom, I was like, hey, mom, like, I don't think I want to be here. And my parents, being Nigerian, there's always that you have to be a doctor, lawyer. But my parents were not that way with me. They would just mm-hmm. 
well, what do you want to do though? You know, cause like, if you leave this, you have to do something that is still good. Like, I'm not going to let you leave this job and just be trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So I think doing the Airbnb alongside, so I had my own, but I also had other Airbnbs that I co-hosted. But how I did that was my boyfriend, who's now my husband at the time, mm-hmm. he would find homeowners who had like extra properties that was just sitting there or they were looking for a long-term renter. And he would be like, hey, would you be interested if we co-hosted it and you would make more money than long-term rental? So at the time when I was working at NASA, we were building up our portfolio, gathering these homes and turning them into profitable rental properties. So I was designing alongside working at NASA. So Mm. I was like, you know what? I think I could do this because I know how to design so that these empty blank canvases make money. I feel like I have something I can fall back on. I wasn't a hundred percent sure, but I just knew like everyone doesn't think like me. Everyone isn't a designer and I've done it before. So let's take off these training wheels and see how it goes. And as luck would have it, my contract at NASA ran out and they were like, oh, you know, we'll pay you on unemployment because you didn't quit and your contract was over. And I was like, okay, so if you insist, okay, are you sure? Okay. You can pay me while I figure this out. And so I think it was like, it wasn't a seamless transaction, but I Mm -hmm. kind of had a safety net. So Mm -hmm. I gave me the confidence to try because at this point, what could go wrong? That's honestly all I did. I just kept trying. And even till today, I still just try. Like any opportunity I get, I just try because it's that's all I can do. So it's a great way to answer your question because you're probably saying, I don't know, can I? You say, I think I can. And you get over the I'm not the designer thing that we're going to come back to that as well. But Instead of just spending week after week, month after month, which snowballs into year after year, like, I don't know, can I? Hmm. The answer is always no, if you don't try. 100% chance of a no, if you don't ask, if you don't try. Those are guaranteed odds. If you try, let's see, what's the worst? The best thing is you're still alive to talk about it. Yeah. And then learn from it. That's why we expect perfection and instant success. Everything that we do is mind-boggling because there are wickedly talented people out there like you who might just keep asking themselves again day after day, "Hmm, maybe, oh, but I could never. Safe, safe, and safe. And there's a difference between... Oh, let's see. I've got one month's worth of rent together. So yeah, let's just shits and giggles. You never know. Everything is start to plan. And I always be the, wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be nice if, and then get a little vision happening and your confidence and the belief in you, it really starts to grow. And things also, the universe definitely then starts conspiring to work in your favor. How funny ironic, coincident, whatever. Oh, my contract was ending. Oh, wow. Oh, and then I'll have this little safety net in case I needed it for me to jump in and see how deep that water really is. 
And I had a coworker who was in my cubicle. He had left corporate to start mm-hmm. like oh, he was a professional pool player. And mm-hmm. I could tell that he was really passionate about that because when I met him, he had just come back. So I didn't know him before, but mm-hmm. wasn't really performing at his best, you know, like mm-hmm. he had a lot of sticky notes on his desk that was kind of like affirmations. And I could tell that he quit on his dream. And I, I was like, I don't want to end up like that. Like, I don't want to end up not trying. And now I'm not even the thing that you're supposed to do. I'm not even doing that well either. Like, just kind of like in the limbo being unfulfilled. I think watching him and just every time he was like, hey, I made t-shirts, like he was showing me his work. And I was just like, man, like I can hear and see the Mm path. I understand, you know, like you're older, you're trying to, he was engaged at the time. So I know Mm -hmm. he had pressures and I was like, well, I don't have all of those right now. So if there was any time to try. Correct. And I, for a while, I asked all my family, I would tell them what I wanted to do and nobody supported it. So I was like, man, is this going to be a good idea? But ultimately, if you have a dream, you are the keeper of your own dream. No one can tell you you can do it or not do it. Like you're the only one who knows. So it's up to Mm -hmm. you. I think when it comes to like leaving what is no, well, like the basic path or whatever, you, you're never going to feel confident. You're never going to have anyone who will be like, yeah, I think you should go for it because no one wants to be responsible for you making a mistake. They're like, oh, you told me to do this, you know? So everyone's going to try to play it safe. You just have to decide the type of life you want to have and go for it and never stop going for it. Even when you feel like, oh, I'm failing, you only fail when you stop trying. So just keep going. And I think that's what I've been doing the last time, um, my four year anniversary, I was like, wow, I've been doing this for four years. But in my mind, every day I've just been trying, you know, I never right. really thought of like mm-hmm. year one year two. It's just, this is another 365 days of me trying. So just keep going. Amen to that. You're enjoying the journey. You might've hit the top. You might've hit your apex a thousand times over. And you just found another path to keep walking and, oh, let's go down this trail. Oh, now we're going uphill. It's a great way to look at that because, again, sometimes we will put our gigantic goal, like this is it, ring the bell on this one. And anyone that you talk to, you know, whenever they've attained such a goal, what's their feeling? They're like, hmm. So I'm not that happy. I'm not that much happier. Or I thought it would feel different. And what you haven't lost sight of, which is so refreshing, is I'll get there because every day I'm getting closer. Closer to what? We have no idea. That's what life is about. Not to say there's anything with nine to fives. There are people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm still in it. Yeah, I'm still in it. I think if you're good at it, do it. But I had like this desire that I could not ignore. Mm. Even when I was like, you know, what, I'm just going to face my computer and code away all day, but I just could not ignore it. So if you have that burning desire, do it. Even if you have a nine to five, like spend your five to nine working on your dreams and your goals and just live your life. Like, don't worry about making this much money or doing this. Just 
every day. Like it's a journey you get to experience. That's the beauty of being alive, right? There's people who are buried and they don't get to dream. So they don't get it. And I, you I, get to. Yeah. yeah. So if you get to dream, go ahead and dream. No one can stop you from dreaming except yourself. So. Yeah. Uh, uh, and you guys haven't even seen her gorgeous work. I mean, you're going to have to check everything. I, she's got a, a phenomenal, phenomenal aesthetic eye. I really, really love your, I love your style, which is everyone. And, and I think most good, and I'll say, and I'll call you a designer, most good designers, definitely a certain style that when you walk in or see, just see a collection of something they've put together, you just know, like, Oh, this is Erica. Erica's been here. I can I can tell. I have a very good friend of mine uh, who's a wickedly talented florist, but she's an amazing, beautiful eye for design. And she's my go-to when I'm trying to match fabrics and what do you think? And I'm thinking this on the walls. And she just will come in, give it a scope and, you know, look through the paint sampler thing, the little cards and be like, I would go with this. Hail Navy. I'm like, Hail Navy, it is. Excellent. Thank you. <laughs> you know, without, I don't even have an opinion because I trust her eye. And you bring that. Uh, and I'm sure the pictures don't even do it justice. When I look at pictures, I, I'm not really like satisfied. I just keep feeling like I can be better. I can be better. Mm. But I like it, I guess. But there's always something like, oh, that could be better. So maybe I'm a little picky. <laughs> and that's okay, because that keeps you striving. If everything was very nicely, again, here's the bow. Okay, insta-worthy, here we go. Would you then see like, I wonder if we tried this? And I've, you know, I'm really liking the Barbie pink thing that's going on. And wouldn't it be fun to splash pink somewhere? Because people would never think of that. Or as you said earlier, trendy, or it's a fad. And so with the Airbnbs, I mean, I just find like, it's just so interesting. And it makes so much sense of you're providing this service that who wouldn't want to take advantage of it? Because maybe some people, you know, just get into it because it's a great idea. And they've never done it before. What are some mistakes that you've seen that people make and and then how they can either be avoided or corrected? Well, you know, with Airbnb, there's what I consider like a low threshold that you have to like a low barrier of entry. Everyone can get into it. So I think the biggest mistake I see is people will think like, oh, I could just get a nice spot, get really cheap furniture, and now I'll just make all the profit. But the thing is you aren't holding people at gunpoint to book. Once you do that, you can rush it all you want, spend as little as you want, all you want. But if people don't see that space and want to be there, you're you're not going to make any money. So you could have saved setting up, but now you're going to lose once you've listed it. You're not going to get that profit that you're imagining. So I'm not saying you have to spend a lot, but I think you have to be really intentional with your design. Don't focus on the location, but more so focus on a unique experience. So when you're designing the space, think about when people come here, I want them to feel X, Y. Mm. When people come here, I want them to utilize X, Y, and Z. When you are able to keep that experience in mind, you then create an intentional space, regardless of the budget, regardless of you can do your best as far as designer, hire a designer, but you know what you're marketing. And when you have a unique experience, that's what's going to attract people. 
Because some people don't look on Airbnb for the location. They just look for somewhere to go. On the app, they have all these unique spots on the first page because you can pick anywhere. Maybe you want to come to this place because there's a treehouse here. So if you're in it to make money, I think you should keep that in mind. So keep that investment mindset. Don't really look at it as, oh, this is going to be a fun project or, oh, I found all this cheap furniture on Facebook Marketplace. You're going to be satisfied during the setup phase. But once you're done, it's taking you like, what, two, three months to put it together. You're not going to make that money. You've already paid the mortgage or the rent two, three times out of pocket. And now it's just an extra bill. So if you're looking to make money, really focus on your target market and your experience. And I think just those two components are what's going to make you money. And to that point, the reviews. Reviews can make or break, obviously. And it is interesting because a lot of times I read that some of the furniture is tired or, you know, (laughs) and I'm like, hmm, all right, so do I want to get that place or this one like that looks rather new and a little, you know, looks comforting. It looks like, yeah, no, there's definitely a lot and there's a lot to choose from. Yes. And that's why I make the emphasis on my designing for dollars formula. Because with that formula, we're focusing on your target market, increasing your ROI by making sure you attract a lot of bookings and getting raving reviews. So raving reviews for me is a lot different from five-star reviews. A raving review talks more about the experience in that space. So now you've invested in your design intentionally one time and guests are paying you to market your listing because they're leaving reviews like, oh, my family loved being here. There was something in the house for everyone. We love the backyard. It shows that the experience that the guest is looking and seeing through your pictures is actually real because there are guests telling you, I had this same experience. If you want it, book here. It's so many things that come to play after you've invested in the design. That's why when people are trying to skim that phase, I'm like, this is the most important part because it's not real estate. The property is real estate. But once you put it on Airbnb, now you're in hospitality. It's making the guests feel gratitude. Some people don't like their guests. They're like, oh, I'm not going to put a a nice couch in there because they always mess it up. Well, they always mess it up because you can only attract a certain type of guests for your price point because of your design. So if you design it well, you can get quality guests and the quality guests will be like, oh, I really loved staying here. I'm grateful for being able to have my birthday here. Like, why are you grateful? You paid to be here. But that's how impactful that experience is to them. It's a memory. It's not just a place to stay. Last year, I was in DC with my husband. He was doing a travel contract and we were there for six months. So like to the host, it's a place to stay. But to us, this was the first time we were in DC. This is a memory that we have of living in DC. So Mm -hmm. it's always going to be in our mind. Same thing when you travel to the Poconos. Maybe it's your the last Christmas you spent with your grandfather. So it's not just a home. It's a memory. So focusing on that experience, focusing on your guests, focusing on designing with intention is honestly the only way to have a successful Airbnb. And um, looking at data, look at other listings and read their reviews, other listings in your area, of course. Can I ask a question only because I've just rented Airbnbs and you mentioned earlier that 
you co-hosted or host? If you're a host, do you necessarily own the property? If you're a host, it's just yours. So you could do what is called arbitrage, which is there are some apartments that allow you to rent a unit mm-hmm. and that on Airbnb. So it would be yours. If you're mm-hmm. renting from a landlord, it would be yours. A co mm-hmm. is it's not your listing. So you're not getting a hundred percent of the profit. You're only getting a percentage and the actual host who's probably too busy to manage it gets the rest. So I see is just like an easier way to get in. If you don't have the capital to get your own, take care of the mm-hmm. rent. That Interesting. Okay. I love learning. I love learning. Talk to me about the podcast. Oh, okay. So, okay. Yeah, uh, there's that. (laughs) So the Hey Erica podcast, it just came about because now I think that people are really seeing that, oh, she really knows like about design. It's not just something she was like, oh, I want to do this. I Mm -hmm. always get a lot of texts and it always starts with, hey, Erica, do you Mm -hmm. know, Mm -hmm. you know, we have a podcast because there's lots of design podcasts. But it's mainly for people who already have an eye for design. For just a regular Joe Schmo, like he just got an apartment, he doesn't know what to do. I wanted to have a podcast that would give you like practical steps or kind of break down how a designer sees a space so that a regular person can like see their space. So you may not know what colors look good, but you know like, okay, in my closet, I wear a lot of black. So in my home, I probably would want a lot of black. So it's just Mm -hmm. kind of deconstructing the way design is looked at so that the average person can understand it and design their own space. So even just with what you just said, it's so interesting because most people would rather have a root canal than design or decorate their space because they think, again, they've been fed some line of bullshit their whole life that they don't know. But it's so true that they don't know what they know. Yeah. If that makes sense. So looking at what colors you do wear, we know those people that are, you know, love to wear black dominant in their clothing line. I've had plenty of clients who I, if I've done like the whole house and this one particular one loved a paisley print, but I would bring book after book and she'd want to look and eventually always wind up with what's that? What a surprise paisley. (laughs) I'm like, why are you resisting Your eye went to that. It brings a smile to your face. Look at your house. And I'm thinking, yeah, we're not going to go stripes on this window. We're going to go paisley. Something tells me different style. We can change it up, whatever. But we don't trust ourselves. Yeah, but it's because the design industry kind of hammered into people like you have to know your style. Do you like an industrial? You have to define. Correct. What is it even called? Yeah, but I say... You can reject all of that and your style can be you because Mm. the furniture, I think when it's listed online or in the store, those are broken down by categories and styles. Mm -hmm. You are a person. You don't have to figure out which style works best for you. You know what you like. And this is your home, your sanctuary. So like fill it with stuff that you want because everyone's going to design their home, whether it's intentional design or not. Everyone buys furniture. But having kind of like realistic guidelines so that when you go pick something, you have a reason why you're picking it. it so you don't get like a hodgepodge of stuff. It, mm-hmm. I think 
that was what I had in mind when I created the podcast. And I'm hoping that that is what I'm accomplishing with each episode, because it's kind of hard for me to explain why I choose certain things, because for me, it's second nature. I just wake up and that's just how you've I got. Yeah, you've got the eyes that a lot of again, you that's your superpower with the vision. And so many other people are very, very good at what they do. But when it comes to seeing the blank slate or sitting in front of your laptop with your 3D drawing and then filling those walls with pieces, where did you even come up with that idea? But that's your superpower. I think I'm starting to like realize that and just step into being mm-hmm. who I am. And I think the journey, again, we go back to, it's not really about getting somewhere, but with each step, each experience, you transform into like a different version of yourself and you start learning like, oh, I, like these are my strengths or like these are my weaknesses. Like you just get to know yourself. Mm-hmm. I guess that's also another highlight of like just stepping out and starting your own journey. You know, it's your life how you want to live doesn't have to look like somebody else's because Mm. twin and even then it doesn't have to look like theirs. I feel like design encompasses uh, so many parts and aspects of life, business, school, like every part of your life, you're thinking about design in some way or the other. You just kind of need someone to point out like, this is why you're attracted to this. This is why you like this. It's so helpful again, because go back to this 24-7 stimulus that we get that really numbs us. And forget if we've, you know, dealing with anything else that might also numb our feelings or what have you. But how many times have, I know I'm guilty, where I have drive a certain way Monday through Friday on the weekend, you know, if I find myself going that different, I'm like, where did I think I was going? It's Saturday. <laughs> I don't have to go to work, but you're just not connected. I had a client when I first started, I used to ask people like, oh, what style do you want? How do you Mm -hmm. want to look? I felt like everyone knew what they wanted. They just don't know how to do it or have time. And Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. and she was like, well, I don't really like this. I want it to kind of reflect my culture. And I was like, so why did you tell me you want a modern farmhouse? And she said, I don't know. I'm sorry. I guess I let Instagram um, influence me or something like that. That was when I started thinking, you know what, I'm going to stop asking people what yeah. do and start asking them, how do you want to feel? Mm. So ultimately, when I present something to you, you may not know if you're going to like it because you couldn't think of it. So it's just like a crazy idea to you. But when you see it, you'll feel something. So yes. when you know how you want to feel, I put those feelings into your design. So when you look at that design, you're like, I'm feeling that feeling of connection. It's- so true. It is so true. But not everyone gets to experience that. I know when I'm choosing fabrics with somebody and this is nice, this is nice. And I'm like, yeah, no, no. You will know because you will you will say, I love this. Yeah. So we're going to keep picking. We're going to keep just looking and looking until you <laughs> say, because you're going to be like, oh, this is it. I said, you know, it's that pair of shoes that stops you in your tracks. It's that great purse. You're going to turn around and be like, I have to have that. You'll know it. But we're so used to, I guess, settling. And even with design, sometimes you may have something that will look good or like Mm -hmm. feel good to you, but you are scared because it's not something that you thought of. Mm. So 
when you are working with a designer, you also want to find someone that you trust. Like you trust them to lead you to the right direction. And they're not trying to just impose their usual style on you. So I think that was why I decided not to have a style. Like I have a style, which is a timeless space, but it's not a distinct style. Like, oh, I design industrial because someone may be an industrial guy, but she may be a really fluffy, glam, tranquil Mm -hmm. So mm-hmm. just being able to let them be free and let them trust me to lead them to where they never thought, but they know like this is the place. It's a journey for me and it's a journey for the client because sometimes I'm doing things I've never done before. Wow, I never thought I would do this, but now I have and now I've extended my capability in another direction. That's the best part. That's one thing I never would say no to anything. And of course, driving back, I'd be like, Stephanie, what the hell are you thinking? Like, you've (laughs) never done this before. Like, how is this? But already the mind is just trying to figure it out. And you always have resources. Let me call this one. Let me bounce it off. of Maybe my my friend Elaine, what would she think? Okay. Does she ever done that? No, but maybe she knows someone, but you have to invite it in. Again, you're never going to know unless you try it. I, half the stuff, half my installs are were not just basic vanilla anything. They yeah. weren't. And, you know, I did custom work for a reason. And a lot of it was I had never done before. Yes, because it didn't exist. It was custom. <laughs> yeah. Until then you make it. And again, was everything, uh, you know, success right out of the box? Oh, God, no, absolutely not. But it just brought another level and another level and another level. And yeah, it really, I mean, for me, it really reminds me of, you know, God doesn't make junk, man. And I'm talented. And we're all, it's not just, listen, it's not just, you know, we're fangirling here. But (laughs) everybody is with their talent. And some people need permission to be themselves. So Mm. like I'm working with a client. I'll take your Pinterest boards. I'll look at it. Mm -hmm. And I'm seeing a trend like, okay, I can tell what they're attracted to between this room and this room. But also I want them to know like, just because you haven't seen it before doesn't mean you can't have it because you have never seen your own space on Pinterest. So be open to things you've never experienced. Don't feel like, oh, if I've never seen it, it's going to come out bad. Like maybe you just need to step out on faith and believe like, this is me Mm. and I want to see what that looks like. So for me, it's fun. It's fun to join clients on that journey to see like what type of spaces we create together. I never go in thinking like, oh, this is how this room is going to look. Of course, Mm. there's so many ways to reimagine the space, but I like the client to kind of lead just in their expectations and their feelings because when I'm gone, I want those expectations and feelings to be met. So yep. if I'm paying attention to that and building off of that. When I leave, they feel like, why did I hire her? Like, this looks good. But like, or they just usually say they don't like it. Not because it looks bad, but it, it didn't meet that itch pretty much that they had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun to have my own journey and to go with clients. on With own. them and teach them really how to trust themselves and discover It's something that you're right. They don't give themselves permission. So today, give yourself permission to what you haven't seen yet. That is a good one. I love that. Okay. I like it. We'll get shirts (laughs) or mugs. All right. I like it on the merch line. Right. I want to be respectful of your time. So 
Tell us where we're going to find you, where we're going to follow you and the podcast, all of that. Okay. If you want to listen to my podcast, it's Hey Erica. I'm on anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Yahoo. I'm on Instagram at Erica O Designs, and that's O O H, Erica O O H Designs. My website, Erica O O H.com. That's pretty much where I am. If you want to hang out with me on the web, that's where I am. Connect with me on Instagram. I love DMs and questions and just people who want to try different things. So if you have, I just did an ice cream themed um, Airbnb. And, oh, fun. Yeah. I, so, was, I think I saw that with the wallpaper. Yeah. Yes. So if you have yeah. like a crazy idea and you've never seen it anywhere, but it's in your head, please connect with me. I love love doing those and bringing your grand ideas to life. So that's where I am. Treat yourself, treat yourself to her Insta page. It's, uh, and again, and even on Facebook, the pictures were just really, really inspiring. Nothing is out of bounds and people say, oh, I might be, you know, oh, too dark. You know, I want to stay neutral. A dark wall is so freaking amazing. And if you want to just put your toe in the water, just do the one, an accent wall, but a dark room. Mm. Like those are, oh my God. So if you want a dark room, please come to me. (laughs) There you go. Check her out for sure. This has been phenomenal. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So much fun learning about you and I can't wait to see more. And yes, everybody, first thing we're going to do is subscribe to Hey Erica, because we want to hear all her ideas and tidbits. Five stars, everybody. That's all I'm going to say. Five. I only bring five star guests and this has no exception. Five stars. Love to see a written review. And I love reading your comments on the website, joyfoundhere.com. Keep them coming. And there is still plenty of time in the year. I'm telling you, even though 2023 is on some fast track, like they're late for dinner and their mother's calling them, plenty of time to get started. Plenty of time to take that first step. Plenty of time to do that dream. And I'm not saying complete it. I'm just saying start. Just try. One step. One day. Today's a good one. Until next week, be well. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please share it with a friend. And of course, if you haven't already done so, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to head over to joyfoundhere.com for any questions, comments, and feedback. Until next week, keep your head up and your crown straight. You've got this.